we may not be going streaking today, but we are going to be doing the next best thing, kids. Okay. Get ready because I am with, I feel like a comedy legend of our time. This is Court Crandall. He is the writer of the iconic old school and director of the new buddy comedy Bromates out October 7th. It was executive produced by Snoop Doggy Dog himself. So let's just get right into it, shall we? Court from Manhattan Beach. Let's, Welcome to Cancel Me Baby. Let's do it, Taylor. I love the name, by the way. Cancel Thanks. Me Baby is one of the best names I've heard in ages. Well, thank you. I feel like it's very on par and on brand with your work. And the reason in the intro I called you a legend of our time is not to brown nose you, but here on the show, I mean, it goes without saying, but I miss, like, I feel like the 2000s, the old schools, I always reference your movie movies like that, American Pie, 40-Year-Old Virgin, even later 2000s, The Hangover, right? And I just feel oh like comedy is a like that's like the gold standard in my mind so here we have even with those movies right they kind of have like a fun escapist premise and even right. with um with bromates there's an underlying theme almost like a social theme about clean energy so solar energy climate change so core is this a tale of the times like talk to me about the difference then and now being obviously you know so in it yeah yeah well it's it's a great perception um i think i'm probably like four or five years older than you um uh, you know at 30 or something but um but so i grew up with movies like you know stripes and animal house and caddyshack and things like that and so those were what i considered the great comedies so then when i got into the business i tried to create films like that that i felt like you know, were the things I lived for as, as a kid. And I think you're right that that whole era, um, you know, Step Brothers, uh, Superbad, you can go on and on. Forgetting Sir Marshall, there's so many great comedies um, and Wedding Crashers. And so, yeah, and the problem now is that there's not really much in the way of, of comedy being produced. There's not really much in the way of anything other than comic book movies. So my goal and Chris, my partners in this was first and foremost, let's just try and make a movie that that would make us laugh. It doesn't have to be, you know, the greatest um, premise in the world. It doesn't have to do 18 things and cover 18 different groups. It just has to be funny. Um, so that's where we started. The fact that Chris is from he's one of the clean energy leaders in the world, frankly, um, and in addition to actually owning the company Palmetto, he does all sorts of altruistic things like give free solar power panels to um, third world nations and things like that. So the, the putting the clean energy part into the movie was kind of a natural for us because we both believe in it. Um, we just didn't want to bash people over the head with it. And we didn't want to turn anybody off with it either because, I, I mean, you can watch the news and if you don't still believe in some sense of climate change. I don't, I don't really know what to tell you, but I also think that, um, that that's not really the focus of the film. 
Exactly. And it's interesting because we're going to talk about this in a bit, but as your movie's being released, there's all this hype going on around Billy Eichner's Bros, which is a gay, almost like a comedy, romantic comedy, if you will, which also has an underlying social message. So there's a lot of push and pull there of even Variety said, you know, it didn't do well at the box office. And they're saying, did they put the message over the comedy, right? Like the importance of the message, because in the end, like we all just want comedy right now you know and you made the point about not not bashing you know over over the head with it and I think that's what people want is just good old-fashioned you know even slapstick sort of laughs right I hope so I mean it, it feels like we've been through five years you know prominently driven by COVID where there hasn't been a lot of laughter and there it's- certainly haven't been a lot of people getting together to laugh but I do find it such a um a cathartic a, a kind of communal thing. Um, so I think there's a lot of value in it. And that might be a bit pretentious to say when you're talking about a goofy comedy with a lot of dick But it's still, if it makes you laugh, it makes you laugh. And I think there's value in that. You froze, Court. Did you say with a lot of dick jokes? Yeah, there's a fair share of dick jokes in this, okay. let's be honest. We love a dick joke here. I can't tell me, baby. We are here for the aesthetic. Something obviously that's a huge conversation right now is comedy on the whole because everybody is so goddamn sensitive and someone who I think is a genius at it right now is Ricky Gervais because he tackles like he it's almost like comedy is the ultimate equalizer nobody's safe even Judd Apatow recently said everybody should get poked at and if you listen to Ricky Gervais's most recent stand-up it is it is like race pedo which you guys joke about in your movie like nobody is safe right so talk to me about that like evolution of again making such an iconic film old school in 2003 and I was I won't say how old at the time but young and it was iconic to me right so that says something so just talk about that evolution now walking that line yeah well I mean uh, again, the, the world has changed and some for the good because, you know, there, there's stuff in some of those old comedies that's probably not right. Um, and I don't think we need to continue with. But I do feel like the ability to laugh at ourselves and for everybody to be able to laugh at themselves in some capacity is something we shouldn't lose as a human race. And it it is, uh, it is something that I feel like... Um, people have tried to orchestrate out to some degree. Studios are probably nervous about making certain kind of movies. Um, And so when you're independent, you have that freedom to do that. And and we also have the freedom to cast the kind of people that we think are funny. And so I filled this movie with stand-up comedians. And in the same way I'm with you, Ricky Gervais is amazing. He doesn't, he'll, he'll hit both sides politically. No one's safe, as you said. And so a lot of our standups in this film, whether it's Rel, Asif, Brendan, you know, you can go down the line, they do the same thing in their acts. And so um, I think they just bring a spontaneity and a freshness to the comedy that helped me out a lot because oftentimes they would come up with stuff that was funnier than what was on the page or they sure. fill in gaps and, and make it richer. Court, talk about, I mean, you even mentioned that things that would perhaps fly then wouldn't fly now. And just, we know, like the culture as a whole has changed. 
in a lot of ways for better and sometimes worse because everybody is so uptight and I think it's hindering people's art in a certain way. But even something I noticed um, in this movie, Bromates, is even like you're seeing a, a more diverse cast. I hate buzzwords like this, right? But like, and you even have like the yeah. gay friend and all this. Talk about those kinds of discussions again behind the scenes that maybe in like the early 2000s wouldn't necessarily go down, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, so in our case, unlike most, it wasn't uh, mandated. It was just us looking at the world and saying, okay, what kind of characters we want to have instead of having, you know, a Will Ferrell type character be the wild guy. What if we had a black guy in Rel be that who's equally, he's just different. And, and that's cool. Um, also, mm -hmm. I just thought it was, it was really funny to have a guy who's sort of the Boston people I grew up with my whole life, angry all the time to have um, a guy who didn't look like a Boston guy necessarily play that role. Um, with Brendan, it was interesting with the character of Runway Dave, because we actually started out and there was a character called Dave the Perv. And he's that guy we all know who's sort of lurky and just always like making kind of creepy comments about some woman or something. And we had him written in and then we looked at it and said, you know, this doesn't feel right after Me Too and stuff. This is just not, sure. not the, the kind of uh, zeitgeist of the, of the world right now. So we, we created this um, character in Runway Dave. And what I thought was coolest is uh, Mike Page, who um, did uh, our casting, talked to me. He said, I just want to tell you, I'm so happy and so proud because this is the first time there's been a gay character in one of these big comedies that I love where he's not the punchline. He's just one of the guys. He doesn't have to be anything special. He's just accepted as one of the guys. And so that's where I feel like it's evolved without feeling forced, hopefully. Court, do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Sure. Because I love how Larry David made made not fun of me too explicitly, but of the climate in one of his recent seasons. I thought he did it in a really hilarious and brilliant way where he's like hooking up with a girl and he's like, so I'm videotaping this oh, on yeah, my phone right. just so we're good. So yeah. it's like, you know, there's always a way to do it, getting at the truth underneath it, right? Like what people are thinking. Um you brought up before Sarah Marshall, and it's funny, I actually have this in my notes because it's interesting to me how in film there's always this dialogue, right, of like leveling the playing field with female nudity and male nudity. And it's interesting to me how with male nudity, it's like even like streaking in old school or like the penis, Jason Siegel's penis and Sarah Marshall, it's like funny. And with women, we yeah. take it so seriously. But in this movie, there's a funny scene with a woman. She's not totally nude, but it's in like a sex kind of like a slapstick again manner. So from your vantage yeah. point, again, as somebody who's really a tastemaker in this, um, what is your view on all on all that as it's unfolding? As with most things, I feel like if you're trying to make a comedy, make it funny. That should be your, your driving kind of principle. Um, so again, the times have changed. I don't want to make porkies. Porkies would feel weird now um, and just with tons of gratuitous nudity. Now, granted, as a 14-year-old boy, I loved it. And <laughs> I couldn't get enough of it. But as an adult now, I didn't. So we actually don't have any real nudity in the film. We have a sex scene, but there's no nudity. And I have to tell you, that was one of the most awkward things I've ever shot in my life. And, uh, and it was uh, supposed to be a closed set. And then the people watching the mo monitor in the background cheered. And that uh, made it more awkward for me being in the room with the two of them. But um, so, yeah, so I, you know, I don't think anything gratuitous 
is ever a good idea in film and, and nudity is probably one of those. Mm -hmm. I was actually wondering what it would be like to be on your set and a fly on the wall during, you know, said scene. So yes, but you are, yeah. you are a pro indeed. Um, you know, I mentioned Judd Apatow before, 40-Year-Old Virgin. We're talking about the changing climate, of course, in comedy. And I don't know if you saw this, but I think it was literally this week. Uh, he had mentioned something that you're talking about, like, uh, is that necessary now or not? And looking at it in hindsight, right? Hindsight's always 2020. And I don't know if you remember the iconic scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin, but when it's like Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd, and they're like, you know how I know you're gay? You know, I know you're gay going back and forth. So funny, you know, still yeah. funny. And he's asked about it. And he says, you know, the point was to show how immature that they were um, and how obviously, right. you know, that's not okay. And he's like, you know, would I do it now? I'd have to kind of read the, he's not saying outright no, but he's like, I'd have to read the room a little bit more, get a temperature. So this is a twofold, but your thoughts on that. And if you have any kind of scenes in your movies that you look back, like, hmm, would I? Or no, I don't regret yeah. it, you know. Yeah, again, that's a, that's a great observation. And it was a line we even walked in, in this movie. Um, because, you know, I grew up in a time where we'd sit there and go, you're gay, um, and you wouldn't do that now. Um, so I tried to keep that aspect of it out. Guys acting like idiots is, is another thing. And so whatever feels natural for the times and isn't overtly, you know, hurtful or racist or whatever um, is kind of the focus. Is there anything, like I said, in maybe your other movies that you're like, uh, that's a little like, even like I interviewed the creator of Friends and I remember he was like, there's yeah. definitely certain things where I'm like, that's a little cringe, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sure there's, I mean, you know, in old school and I, I, it's not my, it was not me deciding what was in and what wasn't. It was um, Todd Phillips, but you know, there's, there's some gratuitous nudity in old school um, and some of the scenes, whatever it played. Then I met one of the women uh, at a rock show who was the one who pulls her top off. Um, and she's like, I'm pulling one who pulls my top off and now I have children and I'm not that excited about it. But um, in, in this movie we do have a scene with runaway dave where um i don't want to give too much away but he he ends up in a bathtub with someone and there was a question of how to play the guy's reaction when they walk in on him um because you know should it be the same as if he was with a woman should it be slightly different how, how do you handle all that and again i i take it from the people if if uh brendan skinnell thinks it's funny then it's probably okay and if, if some people are offended by it, I can live with that. Here's the thing though, Court, honestly, do you, is there a part of you that misses the good old days of, we're just going to come out with it almost like the Ricky Gervais, like too bad. <laughs> like, Yeah. Oh, there's definitely a part of me that misses just, you know, having the freedom to tell a joke and not worry about the repercussions because it's a joke. Um, the line is definitely, I mean, there's a reason comedians won't play colleges anymore. And you think of college as the time you're supposed to be the most liberal in your whole life, and the most open-minded and to have people want to stone a comedian because you made some joke. It's like, well, what, if, what are we doing here? Why are you even coming to the show then? That's sad. I went to Penn State and I remember seeing Seth Meyers there way before his show, anything. Like I even remember certain jokes that he made and that's sad. 
Yeah. Man, oh man. Um, I want to ask you about, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but it's funny because Bromates is coming out, like I said, right now. And it's sort of on the tail of, like I'd mentioned, Billy Eichner's movie, um, Bros. So again, we're not going to get into the weeds of it, but there's a lot of hoopla around it because it is a gay comedy. And he's saying like, you know, it's homophobic weirdos. Again, you have the even variety being like, well, it's not that simple. Maybe there's more aspects. Again, yeah. I don't know how much you know about it. Um, again, given the similarity of the names and the timing, it's like, go figure. But just from your vantage point, again, like what is actually going on there? What's going on here? It, I I, I really don't know. I, I think Billy Eichner is hysterical to the point that we looked at him um, for this movie, for the for the Runway Dave part, um, mm -hmm. was one of the people I considered. I haven't seen the movie. I literally don't know how funny or not it is. Um, so I, I can't really comment on that. The only thing I can say is we sort of designed a movie to be um, appealing to a, a certain audience. It's not going to be for everyone. But for a certain audience, I think they will like this. And that I feel like it's always should be the driver, right? I mean, it's either because it's a message you have to tell and that may be a message he feels like he has to tell. I think it's cool that it's out in the world and I applaud him for that. Um, whether there's a large portion of the country that wants to see it, I don't know. You know, someone brought up a good point. One of my listeners actually talking about this dialogue. And I feel like this is something you walked the line very well of the idea that, you know, a lot of like straight dudes don't even like straight rom-coms, rom right? And your right. movies, I feel, have a way of not being too like chick flick, but still like have an underlying kind of universal theme that resonates with people, um, that kind of thing. Sometimes there may be relationship stuff, but it's funny and it appeals to everybody. And so I'm sure that's something that is cognizant for you, right? Of not kind of isolating and being like in a rom-com versus the comedy genre, right? I try to, I love rom-coms, um, but, <laughs> for, but I also- but, uh, but I also feel like oftentimes, where's the calm part? We got a lot of ROM here. We don't have a lot of calm. Mm -hmm. And so again, our barometer was always for every scene, is this funny? And is it helping move the story along? Um, and, and so that's hopefully what drives things. And I, you know, you also do a balance of you want stuff to be relatable and have little tidbits of people like, oh my God, I say that that's one of my things in my life. And then also create some big kind of outrageous tentpole moments that happen along the way that are probably, you know, not particularly realistic, but are funny. Sure. And it's just the bad to, and then have some dialogue throughout it um, that, that feels like, you know, unique things that in, from the start, I kept saying, hopefully people are going to start using this word bromates, um, mm -hmm. whether they will or not, I don't know. But I, but I felt like it, it seemed like one of those things people would adopt. Do you know, and I have to wrap in a couple minutes, but do you know, yeah. it's like an old school, like we're going streaking. That was like the iconic line, bro mates, right? Do you right. know when something's going to hit? Like, do you have a feeling like this is going to be the thing? Or is well, it kind of I mean, like. I've, I mean, my, my real job I do is advertising and I've done it for 700 years. So hopefully I have some feel for that. Um, but yeah, I still think, you know, you never know 100% what the line is that everybody's going to gravitate to mm -hmm. lastly for you well i'd be remiss if i didn't ask because i try to give the people what they want what your favorite rom-com is 
Um, it would have to be, um, oh, for God's sakes, what the hell is the name right now? I can't believe I can't pull it. Um, what was the Will Smith rom-com? Oh, Hitch? Hitch. Okay. I thought Hitch is a, is a flawless movie. Okay. Okay. Flawless. Nice. That, that was, that's a good one. I forgot about that one. Lastly, we are in the time court of the reboot. I have my own feelings about it. Obviously I make my opinions known on this show, right. um, given my extensive background, you know, in this business, what are your, th- like, if somebody were to approach you about like an old school, you know, a, a reboot of something, right. They just did Hocus Pocus yeah. too. your thoughts on that, your unabashed thoughts on, on the reboot. Most of them are not great, I would say. Diplomatic. Um, trying to think of them. Yeah. Um, Godfather was pretty, too, was pretty good. Um, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of hoping we don't have anything in the works to do that yet. But I have an idea, along with Chris, of where this could go for Bromace 2 that I think would be pretty funny and okay. different. So it wouldn't just be... The, the problem with sequels is that they just beat the same drum and they try and tell the same jokes and stuff. And you're like, oh, we, we kind of got that. And my issue is reviving something. I always, like, if it's going to be something from the 2000s, from the 90s, like, I'm a firm believer of letting a classic just stand on its own and just be in all of its right. glory versus trying to breathe life into it and bringing new ideas, which is what you're doing, right? So that that's what, where I stand with it, but... Oh, yeah. So you're talking about whether it's something's original or based on source material and stuff. Yeah, I, I find it it's really disappointing that everything in the world these days seems to either have to be based on a comic or a cartoon, neither of which I'm that big on, or something, a story people or a figure people already know. Because then it just, it weeds out original thinking and and whether, no matter what the genre is. So um, yeah, I, I said, I, I just would urge anybody to go see anything original because if you don't, you're not going to have the opportunity to in a few years because everything is going the way of, you know. Originality. Like, I love Wedding Crashers. I can recite every line, but leave it at, like, we do not need another one. That's it. That We're good. We're good with that. Um, right. Court, thank you so much for your time, advertiser by day and having done the Lord's work in the comedy world <laughs> by, by night and elsewhere. I'm so appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not ha- hoping to have any bromates anytime soon, but we shall see. All right. Thanks so much, Taylor. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You got it. Have a great day. Good luck with the movie. You as well. All right. Thanks.